Welcome to All of the Above. This is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors of Ridgewood Church. All of the Above is a podcast where we can decide if we wanted to talk about books, events, current events. Did I say I said events twice? Um, that's how <laughs> conflicted we were about what we. Well, wanted it could to be historical about. events um, and current events. So yeah, um, historical, current events, future events, um, all sorts of things, and uh, we decided to call it All of the Above. I am here with one of our lay elders, Jim Slice. Jim, thanks for hopping on Zoom and recording this with me. My pleasure. Glad to do this as always. Hey, so in light of the uh, topic, we're going to be talking about patriotism and whether or not it's appropriate for Christians to be patriotic. I wanted to know what kind of Fourth of July traditions do you have in place? Are there any are there any go-to I mean, movies uh, or meals? Oh, uh, yeah. There. I mean, the meals probably is is the thing that I remember most. Um, growing up, um, my mom around holidays like this, summer holidays would make brisket and she mm. would marinate brisket for I mean the better part of a day in this uh this marinade that had uh I, I can only I describe it as like good stink um it was very potent very strong made of like port wine and you know and then like a, a selection of herbs and it kind of permeated the whole house and uh strong powerful but you always knew brisket was coming so mm. Um, it was kind of a good smell. Did you guys have, do you have a family name for this brisket? Like good stink brisket GSB. (laughs) I just came up with that. And actually I'm a little bit worried about mom listening to this podcast later. I hope she doesn't take that the wrong way. (laughs) I, if there were, if there were like a scented candle with that scent, I would purchase it and probably not be allowed to burn it very often, but when I'm by myself, I think I would burn that. So, so that's kind of a food that I associate with July 4th. Uh, I mean, we do normal things like uh, fireworks and it's only in recent years that we've started to do personal fireworks. Uh, mom was not entirely comfortable with that when we were kids. So mm. for obvious reasons, I understand. But yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, for you? Us, we, we, um, I've always loved fireworks and I had an uncle that was always really willing to spend a lot of money on fireworks and, you know, stress my mom out severely. Uh, but a, a tradition I'm trying to get started is watching Rocky four. It just feels like an appropriate <laughs> 4th of July film, even though, That's you know, great. a portion of it's spin and like knee high snow, it's not like a summer movie per se, mm. but man, um, you got, you got Rocky single-handedly solving the cold war. So, right. Um, right. It's hard to he, beat. That was the beginning of Glasnost, I believe. So, I did think of one other thing. I I like symphony, uh, like, you know, Boston Pops style uh, July 4th concerts that culminate in fireworks. And they have not been doing that around these parts recently. But we did that when we were kids. And uh, whenever I can find one of those, that's that's a, a fun tradition. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the reason, Jim, that I uh, invited you on today was I wanted to talk about the issue of patriotism. That's something that's been um, hotly discussed online right. over the last several years, you know, whether or not it's appropriate for Christians to be patriotic, um, mm-hmm. how, how we're to think about it. Um, Jim, why is this even... Why, why is this even a question? You know, patriotism, it seems pretty straightforward. It's love for one's country. But why is this even a challenge? You know, wh- why has this become a, a, a point of contention in recent years? I, I think I think it's a challenge because, well, I mean, the, you know, there are a couple of different angles. Uh, one, you know, I, I have to acknowledge, you know, in, in some respects, not everybody's enjoyed 
uh, the the blessings of the United States, like the whatever is good, um, whatever is admirable about the United States, about its government, about its culture. Uh, not everyone has enjoyed that in the same way. Uh, sometimes their experience has, has been negative and hurtful, and that's a reality of any institution. Like that, um, anything that that builds, creates. Um, it's going to be touched by, tainted by sin. Um, so that's one angle. Another angle, I think, is is that our country does have enemies, uh, um, those who um, are opposed ideologically to uh, the values, the uh, sort of um, reason for being for the United States, and seeks to undermine it by, you know, constantly being sort of an accuser. Uh, and 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 that could be effective, uh, you know, to um, hang um, whatever sins um, our country committed as a country around its neck um, and um, attempt to demoralize it in that fashion. And um, and that takes root in people's heart and they hear the message and sometimes they internalize that message. And so things like patriotism, loving this country that. Um, isn't perfect. That isn't uh, isn't you know the kingdom of heaven on earth. Um, isn't the second Israel, um, but but still something that can be loved and is probably worthy of some love. Uh, other people have internalized a different message, um, and so it doesn't make sense to to them um, why we're still um, showing devotion, showing adoration to this country. But Jim. Playing devil's advocate, Jim, we are, sure. Paul in Philippians 3.20 tells us that we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. Um, so isn't it talking out of both sides of our mouth to say that we belong to the kingdom of Christ, uh, yet we also, you know, literally fly the flag, wave the banner of our earthly citizenship? No, I mean, I think it's a real tension. And and even in what Paul is discussing there is is definitely... Uh, ultimate um, when compared to our love for our country, uh, it stands above it. Uh, but um, in very much the same way, where our Lord Jesus uh, says to us that um, we're going, there, you know, He doesn't come to bring peace, but a sword, um, and He's going to set close family members against one another. Uh, he's not setting out like a principle of of how we're to interact with our family. Um, there, there is real, still real love for the family. Like he, he provides for um, his mother's well-being while he's on the cross. Uh, the Spirit of Christ, you know, speaking through Paul, is going to tell us that we have an obligation to our families. So, in the same way, like there's a tension there. Uh, there's a tension with our, our ultimate citizenship. And if we find the citizenship of heaven uh, competing with or or in conflict with our citizenship in the United States. We know which one should win. Um, mm. Our allegiance is, is first and foremost to the Lord. Um, but underneath that, um, subservient to that, there's there's still room for loving um, our countrymen. And I've, I've talked for a minute, but uh, I think about Paul in Romans chapter nine, you know, at the at the beginning, uh, you know, he's agonizing over. The gospel coming to Israel, uh, and it it sort of culminates in this statement. And this this is uh, chapter nine, verse three. Um, or let me go back a little bit. I'll, I'll start at the beginning of the chapter. I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. 
For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Hmm. Um, so, so, you know, recognizing that they're not citizens of this heavenly kingdom, they do not have salvation um, through Jesus Christ. They, they aren't, you know, the, in that, that common kingdom with us. Uh, there's still like a real love for them, like mm. still like a desire, um, a wish that uh, they could participate in the blessings of salvation. And he has it specifically for Israelites. And he, and he kind of enumerates all of the things that God has done uh, in them and through them and for them um, and said, man, like I, um, it just breaks my heart. I, mm. I, I can almost wish that I were unsaved, that they might be saved. Mm. Mm. That's brilliant, man. That's, that's really good. That's a, a really helpful demonstration of that um tension even present in the life and thought of paul um yeah you know you talked about the comparison with um the the family um Mm -hmm. and how that there's there's some parallels there that was actually a game-changing insight for me so i you know 10 years ago um probably with the nuance and insight of Rocky's speech at the end of Rocky four, <laughs> I would have said, why can't we all just get along? Like we belong to a heavenly kingdom. Like, why are we getting all, why are we getting all uh, been out of shape about uh, these political issues? You know, our allegiance belongs to Christ. And and that's true. That's, that's very mm-hmm. true. But it was when I don't remember where I first heard this. It was when um, I was reading, I was reading, um, I don't remember where it was, but the, the insight that the reformers brought uh, that that uh, the fifth commandment, which is the commandment to honor your father and mother, there's a sort of umbrella application that would include things like nations, like your is it maybe the Westminster uh, um, Catechism or Westminster Confession. Ma- yeah, that sounds right. That, that sounds right. It, it was, it, and that was a, that was a really game changing insight because you know I think. I think in some ways patriotism and love for family are common sense and they Mm -hmm. are the, they should be the default. You know, sin is obviously a piece of the equation and sin obviously complicates things, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's particularly controversial or should be particularly controversial to say that love for family, um, love for your national heritage should be the default. Um, Now, absolutely. I I think in, in to use kind of a a CS Lewis metaphor, that's the food. That's the normal kind of operation of things. Um, and Jesus, when he comes, he brings the medicine. He, he, mm-hmm. he comes and he, he brings a word against um, an Id- idolatry of family that would be resistant to Jesus, um, that, would, that would have such a, such a commitment to family, such a commitment to, you know, you think about the passage you mentioned or, the, or Jesus says that you've got to leave your father and let the dead bury the dead in order to follow me. If there's a choosing of family, choosing of um, national identity, over Jesus and over your kingdom identity, that is obviously idolatry and that is obviously evil. And I think Jesus says as much, but you know, I, I think that, that kind of um, parallel between your natural family, your parents, um, you know, I think that that's, I think that's helpful. And I think that's the way mm-hmm. that we should think about our nation and think about patriotism. Right. And so, I mean, so I think we should think about ways to be grateful um, for our country, um, mm-hmm. ways to be grateful for um, the United States of America, um, not 
you know, at odds with with any other nation, you know, not we yeah, love this nation and we we hate every other nation, but no, we, we uh-huh. love this nation because it's it's good. There's good gifts and every good and perfect gift is from above. And the Lord Jesus and his gracious kindness allowed us to be born here. And yeah, absolutely. His kindness to us. Yeah, I, I, I agree um, wholeheartedly. Uh, I think that there are some there are definitely some things where, um, you know, the the United States Constitution Constitution is not um, not like a uh, perfect um, reflection of the gospel or or kingdom ethics, uh, but I, I don't think you can say that it's not heavily influenced by uh, a Christian worldview, uh, a worldview that um, wants to see governance done in a way that uh, reflects a you know a biblical anthropology. Uh, it, you know, it, it seems like our our founding documents were uh, intended to um, limit, um, restrain uh, the wickedness of men, and and that's a um, a very biblical ideal um, to recognize that that sin is is there in the hearts of men, and that the accumulation of power is uh, a temptation that most people are going to fall to, and so um, wanting to restrain the power and and hopefully. Um, you know, minimize the damage that can be done with it and, um, and channel it towards good ends and good means. Mm. And, mm. um, and that's, you know, that that's kind of a, uh, innovation, um, you know, in terms of governing, um, that, uh, is, you know, some, you know, not, not completely unique, but, um, for, you know, it's fairly rare, um, at the founding of the United States and, um, a thing that I'm thankful for, um, a thing that I think is is admirable and praiseworthy, um, and you know, and and, and delight in that. Um, I think that you know the United States on the world stage um, has done a, a mix of good and bad things. I think that uh, the Pax Americana uh, is a you know a reality that um, provides a stability um, that had, or you know for a time um, for a period. You could argue that it, it might come be coming to a close, but you know, provided a stability around the world that allowed a lot of human flourishing, um, and that's um, that's a that's a thing I, I'm thankful for. And mm. if anybody wants to debate me about that, then we can get coffee and do that. But um, but yeah, I agree. Like um, I'm I'm thankful for the United States. Um, I'm thankful that um, it uh, protects religious liberty. Um, it uh, protects other um, rights, you know, for its citizens, um, you know, to you know varying degrees of success throughout its history. Um, but overall, you know, something to be glad for and, and thankful for. Yeah, that's great. And and again, you know, I think about it with with my own parents. I'm thankful for my parents who are not sinless and who are not perfect. Right. I could list off their virtues and all of the things that they've done well. I could list off ways that I've been wounded by them, but overwhelmingly. I'm I'm grateful to have been born to, to Brian and Lisa, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not to say anything about Jim and Tammy. That's not even to right. take Jim and Tammy into consideration. You know, I'm, I'm grateful mm-hmm. that I was born to, uh, to my parents and, and I have a certain, and, and I think, I think nature tells us this, that we have a certain, um, familial obligation to, uh, to, to have loyalty to them. Right. Right. And, and uh, you know, I think that that's the same dynamic that's at play with our country, the, the place of origin. Um, now, go ahead. You about to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, like, um, you know, 
I, I, I think about The Great Divorce a lot by C.S. Lewis, and he has a conversation uh, in with, uh, um, you know, his imaginary George MacDonald um, towards the end of it, and they're discussing um, a discussing a woman whose um, love for her, you know, her um, son who died at a young age um, has become, well, what do they describe it? They, de- they describe it as Egyptian um, in the sense that um, she's like embalmed his memory mm. um, and is like holding that and like kind of the tomb of, of her heart. I'm, you know, I'm stretching the metaphor, but, but basically she's fixated on um, her dead son. Um, to the exclusion of her living husband and daughter. Mm. And um, and Lewis is kind of like, well, I mean, like, you know, it, it's really hard to to criticize like a mother for loving too much. And George McDonald's like, no, that that's not, she's not loving too much. Like her love has, um, you know, become, has become corrupted or been, or is defective. Um, that's that's what's causing her to act and behave in this way. <clears throat> Excuse me, and and goes on to you know ex- extract kind of a general principle that all loves, um, all loves that we have, all loves that we experience, um, have to be crucified with us um, to be raised anew um, and um, be sanctified as something that's pleasing to God. So even the love of um, a mother for her child, um, even the love of a citizen citizen for his country. Um, mm. That you know these things, when submitted to Christ, um, those things can can be um, held in a healthy way, in a way that even that glorifies God. Mm. Excuse me. Sorry, that's great. Um, now, I'm tempted to ask you this question, but I, I want to acknowledge this first. So, the question I want to ask is. How can patriotism go wrong, or what? What are some of the the ways we might overdo it? But the the as I ask that, the thing that I think and the thing that I wonder is whether or not the people that listen to this podcast that's actually the risk that they run is mm-hmm. being overly patriotic uh, or mm-hmm. or um, hitting um, uh, allowing love for the United States to crowd out love for the kingdom of heaven. You know, I wonder if that's the risk. I mean, I almost wonder if the message for the general listener, and maybe I'm generalizing, maybe I don't have a good sense of the pulse, you know, of, of who listens to this podcast, is actually like, no, you, you should actually practice gratitude for mm-hmm. having been born in the United States. What do you think about that? Yeah, I uh, I think that makes good sense. I mean, that's an encouragement I would give to uh, the generation that, that comes after me. Like, a, you know, if you kind of, um, think there's a certain zeitgeist um, in, in different generations, then uh, it, it seems like patriotism is is not highly valued um, in the um, younger generation's um, list of, of things that they that they value. So I would say, yeah, yeah, patriotism is important. Um, I would say that um, sometimes people are driven by um, a reaction to the previous generation, and mm-hmm. if they have seen um, any anything that is um, any sort of patriotism that occasionally, you know, you know, might might be actually outright ugly, um, or or more often than not, maybe like somewhat excessive, um, then 
the tendency will be to overcorrect and um, steer the car um, into the ditch on the other side of the road. And um, so that, yeah, that would be what I would say is, you know, is kind of look at that and say, okay, if, you know, my parents, my grandparents, if I'm not entirely comfortable with the way their patriotism was expressed, um, does that therefore mean there is no good expression of patriotism um, or, uh, or should I like, you know, kind of re-examine and say, like, what is patriotism to the glory of God? Mm, that's great. That's great. Um, man, what, one just kind of final thing. I, I think that this is really helpful. This comes from G.K. Chesterton talking about this topic. And it's you know fascinating that the question of patriotism, whether or not it was appropriate, was an issue in Chesterton's time, which was pre-World War II, pre-World War I. Um, it was he, he would have written this in the very early 20th century. But he, he makes the case that it's not enough for a man to disprove of Pimlico, which is an area of central London. In that case, he will merely cut his throat or move to Chelsea. Nor certainly is it enough for a man to approve of Pimlico, for then it will remain Pimlico, Pimlico, which would be awful. The only way out of it seems to be for somebody to love Pimlico, to love it with a transcendental tie and without any earthly reason. If there arose a man who loved Pimlico, then Pimlico would rise into ivory towers and golden pinnacles. Pimlico would attire herself as a woman does when she is loved, for decoration is not given to hide horrible things, but to decorate things already adorable. A mother does not give her child a blue bow tie because uh, a blue bow because he is so ugly without it. A lover does not give a girl a necklace to hide her neck. If men loved Pimlico as mothers love children, arbitrarily because it is theirs, Pimlico in a year or two might be fairer than Florence. Some readers will say this is a mere fantasy. I answer that this is the actual history of mankind. This, as a fact, is how cities did grow great. Go back to the darkest roots of civilization, and you will find them knotted round some sacred stone or encircling some sacred well. People mm. first paid honor to a spot and afterwards gained glory for it. Men did not love Rome because she was great. She was great because they loved her. Ooh, man, that's good. That's excellent. And, you know, and, and so I think, you know, the, the answers to whether or not patriotism is appropriate for Christians is yes, within its proper place. Um, but then we want to say, you know, as we, as we look at our country and as we consider our society, the people who want to see it improved are not the cynics. It's the people mm -hmm. who love it. And Chesterton will go on to say that only the real patriot can be critical of his country. Only the, the mm -hmm. one who, who loves his country has any basis for being critical of it because he's the one with a vested interest in seeing it being made lovely. And, and he, he makes it lovely by his love, like a, like a mother does her child or a, a lover. Right. Anything no, you'd add to that? Good. Um, that man, that's such a strong finish that I think anything that I add would be, uh, would diminish it. So I'm going to say, man, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Mm. Man. So this has been a, a good discussion. Um, if you have any questions about this or wrestling through this issue, or would like to hear any more specifics about some of the things we've talked about, uh, Jim and I both, either of us, both of us would love to sit down and uh, talk a little bit more about this. We recognize mm -hmm. that we're talking about, um, kind of talking about issues of politics and national identity in an, in an incredibly contentious time. I mean, the riots are taking place in France right now, which very much center around these questions. Right. Um, so, we, you know, we recognize that this, this is not the last word on this, and there's a lot more things that can be said. And if we have any questions, 
Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. We'd love to sit and chat. And so, Jim, thanks for carving Definitely. out some time on this July 3rd. And I hope you My guys have a 4th as we uh, celebrate God's grace and allowing us to be born as citizens of the United States. Happy 4th. Happy 4th.